This is Bellator Colloquium, a podcast of the Bellator Society. Bellator in Latin means warrior, and a colloquium is a conversation. We at the Bellator Society are online warriors for the true, good, and beautiful, and this podcast is our conversation about all those things and so much more. Meet us here weekly at Bellator Colloquium and at bellatorsociety.com for content that will hopefully lift you, inspire you, comfort you, and make you feel a part of our Bellator Society. Good morning, friends and warriors, and welcome to the podcast. This is Tracy Eddy, and I have Fran in Nashville, Tennessee. Good morning. Good morning, my friend. How are you? I'm good. I'm kind of giddy because I've got someone sitting with me today. <laughs> I'm so jealous. I know. I know. We've got Miss Shaylee Mitchell here today, and she is a good friend to both of us and to the Bellator Society, and she's a talented photographer and just storyteller, and um, she has a beautiful story of restoration that she's kind of taken on the road, and um, we're going to let her kind of share her story, but we're just tickled that she's with us today. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm so and jealous just looking at to, you beautiful ladies. to see you both. <laughs> we're cuddled up because um, I, I ordered... Um, some special equipment so we could both have earpieces and they're not in. So I'm kind of sweating because we're like sharing. Yeah. <laughs> sharing earbuds. We're very, very close today. But it's okay. We love it. We I'm love taking it. a screenshot right now. This is good stuff. <laughs> we're, we're close. We're real close. Um, so this month, Fran, we are talking about Straighten Your Crown, which we introduced last week. And... I think Michelle's story and her testimony and just her kind of life that she lit that she leads is perfect for our topic. Now she's a photographer, so she's been in town photographing my crazy children. We've done senior <laughs> photos, we've done Christmas card photos, and she is so talented. Well, I was gonna say she's not just a photographer. Like she's like a world renowned photographer. Her stuff, whenever you see the pictures that she takes of you, you're like, I hope everybody sees me this way. Cause you just like I, <laughs> I mean it's they're so beautiful. They're so beautiful. You have you such guys a are gift. just beautiful and very easy to photograph. So it's it's not me, it's you. <laughs> That's she not true. That. <laughs> exactly. She says that and that is so sweet, but I will I will see her take a picture of my kids, and then I'll yeah. see what she captured on her camera, and yeah. it really is, like, always more special on her camera. Yes. <laughs> Not that my kids aren't cute and all, but, you know. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know how you frame it, and she's self-taught. Mm-hmm. She's like a I know. Major. Amazing. <laughs> she And she's got the most beautiful Instagram feed, and... Gosh, you guys are so nice. I always yeah. say, we can just shut the, we can just shut the interview down now. I feel great <laughs> about myself, so... No, it's always a joy to come out and see you both and photograph your precious family. So it truly is my honor. And I just, anything that I do well, it's just a God-given gift. So I just, you know, point C and point and click and see what, like, we, how, see what we get. <laughs> how do you do that, Michelle? Like, how do you do that? We want to we learn. I told Tracy feet. my family makes fun of me because I don't even, I guess I've always been wired that way and just didn't realize it. But they're like, Michelle sees everything in pictures. Yeah. Like, you see everything in life in a shot. And I'm like, I guess I do. Because mm-hmm. now with the phone, I'm constantly clicking and seeing. And so, it's fun. She'll That's get out the, of the gift. car and take a picture of a tree. And I'm like, 
I've never, I've never noticed that. People tree. probably think I'm very weird, but hey, we just, we just roll with it. You guys love me anyway, so we True. do. We do. You know, we were texting a little bit last night, kind of in preparation for what we were going to talk about today. And um, as we got off, because we were texting late into the night, or at least here, I guess it wasn't so late for y'all, but it was late here. And so um, I went straight from our texting to to lie down in bed. And um, in my prayers, the one thing that came, that the scripture that came to my mind was um, from Acts. And it was where the apostles are, um, you know, kind of encouraging uh, their followers, and they and they say something to the effect of, "It is through tribulation that we must enter the kingdom of God." Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was such a beautiful tie-in. Um, to your story, Michelle, with restoration, and also with the series that we're doing on straighten your crown, right? Because we only have a crown because we're part of the kingdom. Absolutely. Um, and if it's through tribulation, through trial, through suffering, um, that we are made part of the kingdom, like that's the gateway into the kingdom. Absolutely. Um, yes. I want. I would love to kind of start there, and um, maybe you can give us a little. I mean, you don't have to like lay it all bare here on this podcast, but we would love to hear just kind of the beginning of the story because I know that it begins with tribulation. Yeah. Yeah. So I tell people now, um, as I've taken this restoration message out a little more and God's continued to unfold it and expand it, that, um, my story along with really all of our stories as believers is a story of restoration. Mm -hmm. Um, I say that's why Christ came. That's the gospel message was he came in the flesh through suffering to, restore us to himself and make Mm -hmm. us whole. And so we all walk out these different journeys and they all look different and we have different stories and how we walk them out. But the common theme of all of our lives is the restoration message. And so um, I don't know how deeply you want to go into it. My story started, I'm from a small town in South Central Arkansas. That's the neat thing about Tracy and I is we actually are from, we're sitting in Phoenix or Scottsdale, Arizona today, but we're actually from originally the same small little sweet town in South Arkansas. Um, But I'm from a minister's home and, um, you know, grew up in church and um, in a home that, you know, raised me well and raised me right. But we went through, um, you know, even believers were not exempt from suffering. Mm -hmm, Um, A lot of, most times that's part of our calling is to at times go through seasons of suffering. And I believe that's how the Lord sanctifies us and brings us closer to himself in our awareness of our need for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but just went through um, kind of in a nutshell, really a lot of trauma and um, tragedy starting at the age of um, 12. So we grew up in this minister's home and at 12 tragedy hit our family and my parents went through a shocking and really, really hard divorce. Um, without going into too much, it was just, it was traumatic on all of us. And I always say this when I carry the message out, not in a condemning way, but um, because all of us carry different stories, but divorce is is almost like a common thing in today's society, but it's not how God intended. Um, You know, it's not how God intended things. And so it's traumatic. You know, it's traumatic on, we kind of throw it around loosely, but it's traumatic on families. It's traumatic on the parents. It's traumatic on the children. Um, It's tough. And so I went through that at 12. And then, um, Soon after that, suffered through some abuse uh, when I was 13, and um, and then soon after that, um, and kind of carried this into my teen years. My mother um, struggled with some some pretty um, tough tough things, mental illness and things, and um, fell into um, a pretty serious case of prescription drug addiction. So our family, I feel like, just 
was hit in, in several different ways. And that's my part of the story. Everybody in our family carries their own ways that the enemy came at them. And, um, and it was tragic, you know, and like I said, even as believers, we were, we were suffering. We were going through really tough times of loss and really tough times of abandonment. And like I said, abuse and just, um, it was just, it was really traumatic. And so I carried that trauma kind of unknowingly, you know, counseling at the time. I was born in 83 and then through the 90s, you know, kind of this stuff happened. But especially in the church, like, I don't know, mental health and counseling and taking care of yourself in that way wasn't really a thing. Um, It was actually kind of looked down upon. Yes. And uh, there was a lot of shame, and especially if you were in quotes of believer or minister's family, you know, why would you ever <laughs> seek help outside mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. church, you know, like counseling, what, you know. So there's just a lot of shame attached to it. And we all in my family say this now, we don't really feel fully like we processed that right or handled it right. So I carried a lot of trauma into my really 20s and through college and um was I say to people I was you know you can be saved and still a slave um so I was a Christian born again but I was not living free and as you guys talk about you know I was not I was not wearing my crown Mm -hmm. you know and walking in the identity of who God had made me to be I had listened to the lies of the enemy and in ways been traumatized so much I started to really take in and believe that was who I was mm-hmm. you know and the trauma defined me and the hurt and the anger and the bitterness and the abandonment and I carried that into my 20s and um unknowingly you know I, I always tell people pain demands to be felt like it it demands it and so undealt with trauma start started to seep out into my um life you know to my relationships to my I don't know. It was, it was interfering with life Mm -hmm. for me, um, trust and different things like that. And so I began to see a counselor in my mid twenties, a really strong Christian counselor who was a complete godsend. And we began to like the Bible says, you know, you'll know the truth and the truth's going to make you free. And I wasn't living in the truth before that I was covering up, um, I tell people, you know, I was putting band-aids over bullet holes and I was trying to live with these wounds and it just didn't work, mm-hmm. you know? And I thought in the mid, in mid twenties, if, if this Christianity thing is real, this is why Christ came. Mm-hmm. He came to make me whole. He came to heal me. And so I really began that healing journey mid twenties and I'm still on the path, you know, this whole restoration message, it's to encourage people that healing is a process. A lot of times it's, it can happen overnight, but many times God chooses a process. I think I think we're we're all on different you know faith journeys and restoration journeys, and I think God works to make us whole until He calls us home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, don't you think? I, I, I don't. Too. I don't know too many people who have reached sanctity in this life. Um, and I feel once you do, it's it's the Lord. The Lord brings you to Himself. Absolutely. So I don't. I don't know that um, that you're ever totally whole. In on planet Earth, totally. I believe that too. Believe and I think that, that ties really well too, Michelle, into your story of your house. 
Um, and I'd love to, to touch on that a little bit um, because uh, my parents also had a, a Victorian house um, in Bentonville, Arkansas, so North Arkansas, and that yes. was built. <laughs> that was built in the, part of the state. It is, yes. <laughs> and it was on Main Street or West Central, actually. Um, and it was a. Um, it was built, I think, in like eighteen seventy-five, maybe. Wow. And um, and they restored it. You know, they have a very awesome. similar story of restoration. But the funny thing is, is that basically they always had a staff in their house because there was always something that needed to be painted or fixed <laughs> yeah. or like it never ended. And so I'm just a witness just... to that. <laughs> no. I'm a witness. Like even when it was pretty, even in when, if it, when it got to be beautiful, yeah. it so reached, beautiful. it reached a state of beauty. It still needed fixing. It still needed, yeah. you know, bettering. And Tracy, that's exactly what you said. Like the process never ended, so you know, good. I call it an evolving. I actually had someone ask me, Oh, it was Tracy's mother-in-law yesterday. She said, um, how, how complete is the home? Yeah. And I said, well, it's funny that you asked me that because it depends on the day. Some days I'll say it's 50% complete. Some days I'll say it's 70, you know, Mm -hmm. I said, because even rooms that I have restored now, I constantly see an evolving and Mm -hmm. something else I want to do, you Mm -hmm. know, and and that's the way, like, I totally echo that, what Tracy said. I believe that. I believe that a whole, true wholeness only comes in heaven, yeah. you know? And we all walk with Christ and work toward that, but there's always more of Christ. There's mm-hmm. always more ways to evolve, mm-hmm. to be more like Him. And yeah. so it's just a journey, you know, for all of us. Um, and the home is a beautiful parallel to that, you know? Would you like to give us a little peek into the story of the house? I was sure. about to say, I was about <laughs> to try and cue, cue that up because it is such a darling house and then she made it even more darling really well um yeah I'd love to to share a little bit you guys could ask me specifics if you want but I um purchased about a year and a half ago which is crazy to say it's been that long um I purchased an 1886 farmhouse (laughs) fixer-upper and the story in itself is is just such a god thing um but in the journey of restoring the home um, I started feeling a tug at my heartstrings to capture each room, like kind of combine the photography and storytelling with the art of restoring this home and my faith. And it just all kind of married. It was just kind of this really unique, cool thing. And I always say the Holy Spirit's the greatest artist ever. Totally. And so he just ignited my heart as I would go from room to room. And I started documenting each room and the Lord would speak to me just in restoring it and he would say Michelle this is exactly like your healing journey has been this house is you and we've gone from room to room and I've restored or am restoring each room of your heart yeah and taking out and gutting all that's been done and things that need to go and restoring them with myself and I don't know so I've been on this journey with the Lord (laughs) restoring this home and documenting it and in that process I've been sharing you know I never set out for it to be known or anything it was just kind of a personal project I was sharing a personal passion project I was sharing with people close to me and was sharing on my Instagram feed and um like I said their message of restoration is the gospel message so it resonated with people as they saw it and they began to write me and people that um were in really tough places of their life were craving that you know they'd write me I need restoration in my marriage I need restoration in my finances I'm we're asking God for restoration of my lost son or daughter right now. And like, or a lot of emotional stuff, you know, I've read your story and I too went through abuse or abandonment and I'm asking God, I'm wounded and I'm hurting and I need restoration. And so 
I just felt like the Lord was calling me to restore this home and steward it and share the message just simply, almost like he did in parables in the New Testament. He would kind of always give a parable or a visual Mm -hmm. and people around him would see. They were Mm -hmm. like, oh my, you know, and it would come alive. And so I think in a way the house has done that for people in 2019 is -hmm. I've just simply shared the story of what, I always tell people, you don't have to like drum up this amazing, you just share your story, share what God's done, and that's enough. And it's glory to God, it's reaching people, you know, and um Well, and let me brag, let me brag on her because she is a photographer and she is a storyteller through photography. So her pictures are like (laughs) gorgeous. It's so like West Elm came in and said, Can we photograph your home? I mean, because it is so beautiful and it's so just well done and tastefully done and um you just have such a knack for it I mean you're just really gifted that way that it it makes it come alive because it's because it's you you. well it's (laughs) if I I took pictures of my house I'm telling you nobody would be moved to um you know to to go better themselves or anything like that I don't know I really do just think it's I don't know. I can't explain it other than just it's the way God's wired me for such a time as this. Like mm-hmm. I, almost like the Esther thing. Like I, I've always seen that way from when I was little. I've always seen things. I thought everyone saw that way, <laughs> but as I'm getting older, I'm realizing, wow, wait, I'm different. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm wired differently. And again, I don't think everyone has to stand behind a podium to preach. Like. Right. You know, like God is using, I think anything surrendered to him, he can use. And that's all throughout scripture. And I just simply am sharing my story and using my gifts. And it somehow has come alive in a way to people that is new and fresh and like a right now word for them. Mm-hmm. And it's just pretty amazing. You know, and even the West Elm thing, I credit that to the Lord. Like I that door open and it's really cool because through the house I think because it's not your traditional ministry of behind a pulpit which is not wrong at all I've shared that way too but even like secular like people and businesses and people have been drawn in to this like message of the gospel even though they think they're coming to a home that's filled with West Elm furniture there's (laughs) there's this story behind it where people come in and sit down and have a cup of coffee Mm -hmm. and it's a back door way Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, they're being presented the gospel, and they're like, "Yes, oh, I need restoration." <laughs> Tracy and you know? I were just talking about that last week um, on the podcast. That you know, even with the straighten your crown thing, like if you, yeah. w- when we were first deciding to do this series, we went online. Like, there are so many things um, under the umbrella of straighten your crown, and some are not godly. I mean, some yeah. are not at all the <laughs> totally. the gospel message. Um, but here's this kind of universal truth: like everybody yeah. understands what it means to straighten your crown. But when you shine the light of Christ on it, it does become, so you know, good. part of his message and he can use that differently. So, I mean, you're, you're doing home restoration, home renovation, decoration, all of those things, which is very secular. And everybody's interested yeah. in that. That is a universal, a you know, big, yeah, yeah a, a desire to see pretty things, but then yeah. you're shining the light of Christ on it. And then mm-hmm. you're filling up that God shaped hole that people have, that everybody has. And some people didn't even know they had it. And it's, it's fitting there. It's fitting in their yeah. hearts. Um, in a way that maybe they, they they would never have had before had it not been through looking at a pretty room. Yeah, and I love it because it's a very um, 
I believe like an unthreatening way yeah. to reach people. Mm-hmm. Their hearts are wide open and they don't even know yeah. know it, you know? And all of a sudden we're talking about the gospel and they think they're coming in to talk about a home and then they're talking about their mm-hmm. their home, like mm-hmm. their heart and how they need restoration. And I've had multiple conversations like that where I knew the people weren't they didn't profess to be Christian. I mean, they didn't, you know, they didn't know the Lord. And the, by the end of the conversation, they're just crying, like, I need restoration. I need this. Can you pray with me? You know? That's awesome. Um, so it's been a beautiful way. And it just, that's why I'm such a believer in people using their gifts. You don't have to be anyone else. You don't have to do any what anybody else did. God has crafted you and gifted you specifically for this generation, if he puts you on the planet, to minister mm-hmm. in whatever capacity you know, there's a lot of things I can't do, <laughs> like a ton, a list is endless, but I thought, you know what, I can take pictures, I can, I like creativity, I love home stuff, like, and I love Jesus, mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. he's changed my life, and so that's what it is, you know, and um, so it's just, I'm just trying to steward it, really, you know. <laughs> and I love that you're, I love that you're stewarding it with such humility. And that is sort of the theme for our Straighten Your Crowns blogs. This, the, all of the blogs that we have published this week have been on the subject of humility or realizing that I'm actually not the one in charge here, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and this crown that's been placed on my head, I didn't put it on my head. And in fact, it isn't a crown that the world necessarily would see as something, you know, desirable even, you know, mm-hmm. that, that it comes through just as we said in the beginning, it comes through tribulation, it comes through suffering, it comes through the kind of compassion that you can only have if if you've suffered too, yeah. you know, like, like all of those, the, the fruits of, you know, humility and compassion, I think have been our theme um, this so week. And, and I love that when you share your story, you have both of those, you know, that, that you're not taking the credit, although you, you deserve a lot of attention and, and, you know, because you're shining the light of Jesus. Um, and so we're so thankful to have you talk to us about your, just about your faith journey, but also this, this house restoration and this metaphor, or I actually love that you said the parable, you know, the parable yeah. of the house. Um, yeah. Because I think that just as you said, it's going to touch people who didn't even know that they needed to hear this gospel message yeah. um, of yeah. what Jesus can do for them. Yeah, that's good. One of our first blogs that we had this week, um, I think was from Marietta yeah. Ward, and she talks about when she was little, she had a crown and she'd wear it, and, and somebody said in the doctor's office, are you, are you a princess? And her mom said, absolutely. <laughs> and, um, and then she said, and then when she was a little older, she was, she was at maybe an exhibit or something, and she was really fixated on the crown of thorns that Jesus wore. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know, of course, it was a symbol of humility, mm-hmm. but for Christians, it's a symbol of, of salvation yeah, and, of so you know, just the most epic um, um, crown that Beautiful, could ever be worn yeah. on your head and then you know the eternal crown in heaven which we believe is is you know there's no more sorrow no mm. more suffering no so more um, and so so the theme of your restoration journey and the theme of our uh, straighten sister straighten your crown um, I think just goes so well together because like you said Christians are not exempt from suffering mm. we're probably more in line for suffering because yeah. <laughs> that's how the Lord does sanctify right. us that is how the lord it's the doorway pulls to us knowing him i believe you yeah know? yeah if you if you if you don't have it if i don't know if you don't have um suffering you usually aren't 
I mean, I know when I go through hard times, I've said many times on this podcast, I'm like at the feet of the Absolutely. cross. I'm like tugging on Jesus's toes, mm-hmm. you know, like, please, I need you. I need you. Help me. Well, so, yeah, suffering's the only way as humans that we, I, I believe that we're even awakened to an awareness of our need for him. Yeah. Oh, you know absolutely. I mean? Yes. Without a, without suffering, well then how do we know we need a savior? You know what I mean? Right. So it's like, I believe it's the most precious, even though I, I mean, it's nobody wants when it. you're in the middle <laughs> of it, you would not, it's hard to say this, but truly it's, it's the doorway that yes. pulls you into intimacy with him. And you know, your need for, you know, how do you, how do you know you need a healer unless you need to be healed? Like it's this, you know, so well, it's this- I think it was St. Paul who said like suffering is the thing that we actually need because it makes us not rely on ourselves, but on the God who raises the dead. Right. Absolutely. I mean, like, like he's the one that that's why we're suffering is so that we can right. always run to him, you know, yeah. just in, in his direction, rely on him, lean on the cross, cling to the cross. And was it, I think it was mother Teresa who said something like, um, everybody, everybody has pain and suffering. Like, it's not a matter of, of if it's when, like, just get ready. Cause it's coming. Even if you don't feel like you've suffered very much in your life, you will, you will realize what that suffering is, mm-hmm. but it isn't so much a sign, um, it isn't so much because something is wrong, but rather Jesus is pulling us ever closer to himself, so close that he can kiss us. You know, when we're when we're suffering, especially in the depths of pain and humiliation and, and abandonment and shame, I mean, that's everything that Jesus experienced in this life. Like that that is what we see nailed to the cross. And when we're experiencing that, we're that much closer to him, which means we're that much closer to resurrection. You know, to restoration, because you can't have resurrection or restoration apart from the cross. It doesn't exist. Yeah, exactly. Pick up your cross. Yeah, absolutely. And I believe that even when you're talking, Fran, like I I was reading yesterday about in the New Testament about um, our heart. And and there's a lot of parallel to soil and things like that. Yeah, um, But I believe the crushing is what makes us open to the gospel. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The mm-hmm. crushing makes our soil open to mm-hmm. the things of God and the gospel and our need, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, yeah, it's been, and I, I always think, I mean, the the house message and all that the Lord's doing right now would not have even come to fruition without the suffering. Yes. It wouldn't exist. It wouldn't, you know, so. I when, love, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you can go ahead. Well, I was just going to wonder, when did you realize that you needed restoration? Like, was it, pro- like, is it, I mean, obviously it was before the house, but, but at what point did you realize, okay, um, this isn't just like indefinite suffering for suffering's sake, but there needs to be a purpose to the suffering and that purpose needs to be running to Jesus and restoration. Was this something that, I mean, you said you came from a Christian home. So is this something that you always had in your mind or was there like a moment where you were like, oh my goodness, I can't do this by myself. Just again, just like before, like we only have suffering so that we can realize I can't do this. Yeah. Um, Jesus can. Yeah, absolutely. No, there was, um, I'd say there was something in my mid twenties mm-hmm. that like broke. I don't really know. I just came to a, I got real with myself. And like I said, I was a believer, but I knew when I, there was a break in between how I read scripture and how I was living and what, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, 
So mid-20s, like I said, I was kind of just bleeding out in different areas of my life. I wasn't walking in victory. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually dealt with a lot of, I think there was a mixture of trauma, like, but also some DNA stuff I was carrying, but pretty severe anxiety, depression. Mm-hmm. Those things had kind of caught up with me. Yeah. Um, and I was just, I don't know, it was interfering with life. I wasn't doing well, but all that trauma had kind of just caught up and I couldn't get out from under it. I just, every day it was this fight, you know, and I just, I felt this calling of like, I'm just, I'm not living in victory. And this word that I'm reading, there's a, there's a, there's a gap here between, you know, and I know that Christ has he died. He paid a precious price for so much of this that I'm fighting. And so the whole restoration message, I didn't know to call it that at the mm-hmm. time, but I say it really, really began when I got really real. And, you know, I think I was struggling in silence and because I felt a lot of shame. Um, but secrets make you sick. Yes. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. And so I, I began to surround myself with, um, you know, strong Christian counseling, strong, strong Christian community. That was super key is having like godly friends in my inner circle that called things out in me that I didn't even see yet or believe, but they saw it in me and spoke victory over me. And I could call a friend and go, man, I'm really struggling today with anxiety. Like I feel really down. I feel really sad and her speaking scripture over me. And, Mm -hmm. you know, um, That was huge, Christian community, the Word, like applying the Word, not just reading it, but like living it and like being a doer of the Word, not a hearer only. Amen. And, you know, those things combined really began, the Word works, it really began to start bringing healing to me. And it's just been a process. And I tell people it's almost like a Mark 8 process of when Jesus heals the blind man. You know, I tell people he can... He can heal in a moment. He's mm-hmm. God. He can do miracles in a moment, but a lot of times he chooses a process like mm-hmm. the house. And in that story, Mark 8, he spits the mud, you know, on the mud. Yeah, yeah. Begins to heal the blind man, puts mud on his eyes. He asks the man, it's what such an see? interesting story. Can yeah. you see? Yeah. What do you see? And the man says, well, I see people, but they look like trees. So the restoration mm-hmm. process had begun. Yeah, it yeah. was in it was in motion. But Jesus wasn't done. But Jesus wasn't done, mm-hmm. and he chose that process for a reason. Then it says again, he does same thing, and the man opens his eyes, and it says in scripture, his sight was fully restored. Mm-hmm. And so I always that's so intriguing to me. I'm like, man, Lord, you could have just spoke the word, like you could have mm-hmm. just said in that moment, be healed, be healed. <laughs> and he could have be. But you chose this odd process with him, this really unique spitting in the mud and putting it on his eyes and people were watching and probably mm-hmm. thought it was really weird. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and the man probably thought it was really weird. <laughs> He's probably like, what are you doing? But God had a plan and the restoration process is, it's proven in that scripture that it's a process. Sometimes healing is an instant and there's no shame in that and there's no... Yeah. You know, God, God, she's, I think as long as you're seeking God and as yeah. long as your heart is pure and you're following, like Trace said, his will and, and seeking restoration daily toward heaven, then it's his plan, his purpose for your life. And a lot of times he uses that suffering. Mm-hmm. Sometimes for people it's a year, sometimes it's 20, sometimes it's 70, 
years of suffering, but he uses that for his purpose. Amen. And I loved just right before you were, you, you went into the the story of the blind man, because I do see like, there's so many parallels there, but you were talking about the the group of people that sort of helped you. And I had the, I mean, immediately it came to mind, the, um, the friends that lowered their friend to Jesus through the roof. Yes. Yes. And that's also what I saw. Like, it's not, it's not always that, you know, that, that we go to Jesus because we realize that we need healing, but sometimes other people bring us to Jesus because we need healing and we I have those say, I tell people get you some Matt carrying friends <laughs> you know that's yeah. what you need like yeah. that's what I needed I needed some Matt carrying friends who yeah. were like unwilling to leave me there yeah because they saw a they knew who I needed to get to and that too it's so powerful they saw in me something I didn't see in myself yes and that's the thing we get get so blind like our blindness isn't just like you know primary blindness like I don't see the world at all but like we become really um I don't know is this is such a mis like a like a like almost an oxymoron but like focal blindness like we 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 get there are these little things that we actually cannot see without someone telling us about it absolutely absolutely it's like um blinders you know yeah like in your like blind spot like myopic you know? yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah you need people around you and again that's the key of community to me is yeah. godly friends because you have people mat carrying friends and mm-hmm. you also have people that in vulnerable places will speak into your life in ways that lead to death yeah you know and you're in a vulnerable <gasps> place know. anyway mm-hmm. so godly friends who mm-hmm. speak truth and sometimes that yeah. circle's very small mm-hmm. you know um jesus i say you know jesus walked with 12 mm-hmm. and then he had three that he really walked closely with yep. so you, it's okay to have an inner circle yeah you know so when we talk about that in in the straighten your crown thing we talk about um you know, sometimes we, we realize in ourselves we need to straighten our crown, but then sometimes we have a friend or a family member or, you know, a teacher or whatnot who ha- help us straighten our crown, who, who, who aren't afraid to, to be, be a crown straightener. Absolutely. Because um, they, they, they saw it slipping when we didn't feel it. You right. Know? Exactly. And I, and I always say, I think people like, want me to tag what the issue was like yeah because we like to do that like mm-hmm. you know I do that I'm like what I'm an, a contemplator so I'm like what was it that I was yeah like, you know and a lot of times I'm like was it the divorce was it my yeah you know this person that person was it abuse what was it what wait but I, I always say it's so interesting that I'm on this podcast today because I was thinking about it this morning as I was brushing my teeth <laughs> but I was like you know I tell people I don't really even think it was any specific shot I mm-hmm. think it was that the enemy over time had made me doubt who I was. Yes. His, my identity. I think yeah. that's a lot of times the aim he takes at us mm-hmm. is it's not, it's, it's a, it's like I said, we all walk different journeys, but I had gotten so broken down after a while that I believed the lies and the identity that I was a daughter of God. Like yes. that was my true identity. Like my DNA really didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like my, I had had a, a change. Yeah. I'd had a change of like DNA so, you know, I had inherited a crown and I was not this traumatized fill in the blank girl mm-hmm. that I carried into adulthood. I was a daughter of God. Like that was my inheritance. That was my, that was what he paid such a high price for. And I think there's no way, no better way I was thinking this morning to honor him than to live in that identity with our lives. What a shame that mm-hmm. he paid such a high price and a lot of us don't 
take on and wear our crowns the way he's called us to. Yeah. Um, and he paid such a precious price, you know. Um, but that that is what I tell people. It wasn't X, Y, and Z or this specific. It was if he could get me to live and believe that I was not a daughter mm-hmm. of God, a true daughter, he had me. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, so. What do you feel like, like was the biggest lie that he told you? Um, that I was broken. Yeah. And that I couldn't be fixed. Yeah. You know, that it was, I was kind of, I, I lived with this mentality um, that I was beyond repair. You know, there'd been so much done so many life experiences at such a young age, so much said, so much this, so much that, things done to me, things I'd done, you know, you name it. And I just felt like I'm just this unique case that's mm-hmm. like, oh, know, yeah, like, yeah, I you're the only one. Him. The devil I wants mean, you to think. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he loves that one, that lie of yeah. like, you're, you're different, mm-hmm. you're different. And so just, I just, I don't know, I, I had a lot of struggle, but, and have a lot of struggle, but. I think that that's one thing, and I still, um, I still fight that. I still have to keep a guard over my mind. Oh, yeah. of, so I want listeners to know that too. I've not arrived at this like, oh, I used to deal mm-hmm. with this. Isn't it? I mean, this is a daily, you know, pause. I daily need. I daily renew my mind. I mm-hmm. daily take on this crown and this, you know, um, identity. And so that's that was probably I think the biggest core lie that uh, you know dealt with I love we've talked about the screw tape letters before but I love that book because it talks about how the devil knows like this is the little opening for this person and this is the little opening for this person and if I can make them believe this or want to live this or or you know put this desire kind of mm-hmm. on them that that's how the devil breaks you down mm-hmm. yep. and does break you um for for Satan. Absolutely. And, and so just like you said, there's, there's a lie, there's mm-hmm. a lie in there that, um, if, if you let him, he will, he will use it. But absolutely. Well, he tells us, you know, are you going to, to are you going to follow Jesus? Are you going to obey God in this ridiculous little detail? Right. Yeah. And then, and then, and then God is telling us this little thing is heroic. Like this is this this little ridiculous detail is actually the heroic detail that can change your life. Like we have to go into the the, the minutia of our lives and turn that over to God, you know, because the devil's just telling us this little thing doesn't matter, you know, yeah. or this little thing can't be fixed. So Wasn't so it pass it by. It may not have been. It says like the strength is in the small things. The mm-hmm. strength, your strength lies mm-hmm. in the small things. Right. Do um, small things with great love. Yes. 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 Because yes. that, that is where greatness, and, and it's not even your greatness. It's the greatness that, that God is showing forth through you, Absolutely. you know? Um, and man. I love, Michelle, that you said that this is, that that everything that you do is literally like the gift that God has given you. So yeah. it's kind of like the find your gift yes. and, and do it. And there's a lot of things you don't do well, but what, what, what he's kind of given you, the talent he's given you, you run with it. Mm-hmm. And um, I tell my kids like, find not not necessarily always find your passion like find your gift yeah and and kind of use that for God's glory um but I think that is maybe a good segue into the Enneagram <gasps> yes <laughs> I love that yes hottest topic because hottest it is topic hot. of 2019 and Michelle yeah. is she says she's not a pro but she's way more pro uh, than, uh, than don't me. believe that guys don't believe it so what is it because I have I've heard a lot about it you actually introduced 
it to me the first time a Did couple I? years ago and asked me if I'd ever heard about it. And at the time I had not because you're so trendy. And I'm like, no, probably what? because of my personality type. I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> and then I have friends here who are really big into it. And um, like I got together with some friend for a friend's birthday and a lot of her friends from her church were there and that was all the, the talk yeah. and they're like, Oh, you're such an eight or you're such a whatever. Oh, that's and I'm like, big, yes. I don't even know what, what we're talking about here. So, um, what are you? Well, I was telling, I was telling Fran and Tracy before we recorded or started recording this today. I'm, I'm actually a unique case right now because I'm learning along with a lot of people I know. A lot of my close friends are like pros. Like they go to Enneagram conferences. Like that's oh. how real. Like, they have yes. those. That's yes, awesome. They are like, le- no, they're everywhere. This they're is our conference right over, here. Exactly. <laughs> this conference call. Um, no, they're all over the world. You can Google. I mean, there's. Okay. Ever and in Nashville, Fran, it's huge. There's like well, I, there's I do know this. Like life yeah. groups that meet around town, and yes, like it's it's it blows my mind. But um, so I so did not realize I, it was such a big deal, though. I'm glad you said that. I was at a bookstore in Green Hills, and I was sitting like at, at the train table in the kids section, and there were a couple of semi-famous you know musician people standing kind of far off not far off but I could hear what they were talking about and this is what they were talking about they're talking about their Enneagram and I was like okay all right I need to learn (laughs) more about this uh, the band called Sleeping at Last actually just came out probably maybe two years ago or a year ago with an album based on they wrote a song for each number so basically (gasps) yeah so so listeners need to download that on Spotify but you yeah you evidently like learn the number you are and then you can go evidently you go to listen to that that song and it's so you you know you're like okay (laughs) evidently so um but I am a I I struggled with what I was you're like like, I don't want to be I don't want to be this (laughs) yeah I've um I've read and read and asked friends and and like I said a lot of my friends are so like knowledgeable about it but I have come to grips that I am a four wing three which is called the enthusiast Okay. Um, so it's a cr- creative, you know, whatever with a three. That's the four. The, the four is the enthusiast. The yeah. No, the, the four, if you're a four wing three. Okay. Like specifically that little combo, oh. they call you the enthusiast. Okay. And it's a kind of a creative. And they say, so the reason I was, and like I said, a lot of listeners will be very, uh, you know, they'll know about the Enneagram way more than I do. So don't, please don't judge me, guys. <laughs> but the four, a lot of times, I know it's not, you know, personality type, but the Four sometimes have a, people think of them as kind of melancholy and they are artists and they're kind of, you know, down, you know, kind of moody. And, <laughs> um, but they say the four wing threes are a lot more social than, mm. they're known to be a lot more social than average fours. And I think that's because of the three. I have a really strong three wing and that's mm-hmm. the achiever. Mm-hmm. So like that, I think drives a lot of my personality and and, and, yeah and the way I run you know this like business and Mm -hmm. and I'm you know whatever is I have this really strong achiever wing I actually thought I was a three wing four for a while but I think I'm so why didn't you want to be a four wing three well just because you are super creative like it does sound like you to me you're creative and you're you are an achiever and you're accomplished and so it sounds like you like in a little tight package well my friends have said they're like oh bad floors are so cool I'm like are they and they're like yeah girl like um I think they were trying to make me feel better but because I wasn't I wasn't knowledgeable about the Enneagram I was assuming that fours were kind of the like 
deadbeat and the Enneagram, you know, like this, like they're cool and they're creative and can, you know, create, but it's, I don't know. I just kind of associated it with like this melancholy, like down, you know, drag. Well, you're (laughs) definitely not that. Um, but, but a lot of my friends that know about it were like, no, 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 no. It's not a personality type. It's just, you know, your motivation and fours have a really strong desire, like, really strong desire to be like unique and significant expressive yeah expressive so so dying without a legacy or like significance is like Mm -hmm. our worst worst nightmare yes like our worst you know nightmare fear um so I definitely you know I can relate to that and Fran you're the opposite right I am I'm the I'm the three wing four (laughs) Yeah. So, so I don't know what that is. Be. That's what I wanted to be. I knew I liked you. But I don't know what that is. What do you know what that is? What is the um It's So you 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 know my four is probably like the main, you know, the heavier, the creative, yeah. whatever. Well, yours is a little bit flip-flop. So you're the achiever, yeah. which is the three. Right. And then you have this four wing. So this yeah. creative wing and I, I mean, I definitely see that in you. Well, I wonder if there, but your word, when you said, okay, so when you said you are a four wing three, I knew immediately because of the four that that's artist, right? But the, yeah. but you said enthusiast. So where did you get the word enthusiast? So online and stuff, if you study it. and Conferences. Uh-huh. Yeah. I know. I need to go to conference. conferences. <laughs> no, I, this, they have, there's so much to it and there's so much to yeah. it. So you could even today look at like study stuff or talk to people about three wing yeah. fours. Okay. Yeah. What is this? Because there's a certain like formula there's a certain combination so the four wing five wouldn't be called the enthusiast they would be called something else right four wing three is and that's why they say that a lot of the four wing threes are a little bit more social um because the five is the researcher kind of type so like I have a friend that's a four wing five and she's a big researcher um pretty introverted and like creative and thinker so I don't know you you I Maybe feel like that could be more. me too. Like I need it to go took back and me see like what a the... long time to figure yeah. out what I was. Did you Did take y'all... the test a lot of times? No, okay. I actually didn't. <laughs> um, but they say that if you want to get really serious about it, there's like there's books and there's yeah. a, a book called um, The Road Back to You. Or there's some, mm-hmm. I don't know. There's different things you can sure. read on it. I actually am not as big on Enneagram as most people. So <laughs> <laughs> I tell you this, there's, I, I shoot, I photograph the if gathering that probably a lot of listeners, um, know about or would be familiar with. Yeah. This last year, there was a really great lady that spoke. I loved and her, um, her Instagram handle, I think was at your Enneagram coach Okay. and she mixes faith and the Enneagram. Mm-hmm. And I really loved her approach to, cause there have been times I've heard stuff about it and I'm like, well, I don't know. And then there's things I hear and I'm like, oh, that's amazing. You know, so I really mm-hmm. wasn't sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't jump on the bandwagon as fast as other people. But when I heard her talk about it, I loved how she's like, you know, Enneagram is not the Bible. <laughs> it's not this slant, you know, tack on your identity and this is who you are. And, you know, the Bible is your identity. Like, that's who you are. But the Enneagram is just simply a tool yeah. to help you yeah. with life and help you know, how you bend a little more, help, you know. Well, it's like, not, it's kind of like any of the, like the temperaments or the Myers-Briggs, like it's not the truth. It, it's, yeah. it's, it's your, it's your tendencies. Like, exactly, and, yeah. and once you know your tendencies, then you know where your strengths lie, where your weaknesses are, and yeah. then you can start making adjustments. 
you exactly. know. Yeah, the purpose of it is um, to, you know, know your weaknesses and be aware and strengths, but your weaknesses and be aware enough to, like, work on those. Yes. And, like, and not just use it as... A crutch. I'm yeah, it's my excuse. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sad today. Yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever. Like, um, but... Yeah, it's a cool tool. It really is. And Tracy, what are you? To learn. So I'm a two, but it's funny because I'm looking at my results from taking my test last night, and I'm like, I'm so across the board. It's like nine, eight, seven, seven, six. Like, I think I'm, I'm like not real strong in any she, one category. She would be just like awesome, kind of all around. No, like, whatever. You know. I'm just kind of like, bleh, like a, like a. But it says two wing three. Okay. You're two wing three, yeah. And I have no idea what that means. Well, a two uh, is This a... makes sense. She's, I'm looking at her score here, but she's a two wing three, which I totally see. So a helper, a nurturer. I'm like, uh-huh. Achiever, like, uh-huh. and then um, type eight is like commanding, which like, you know, like can come, you know, if running the family and different things like that, you know, kids and I don't know. So I don't know. It's always interesting to me to, to I will say though that I was taking it and I fell asleep whilst (laughs) taking it and I woke up to finish. And then I was a new person. (laughs) Well, and then I was like, I was doing a lot of like partly because it's like yes, partly no or something. And then I read if, if you don't know, it's probably a no. Mm -hmm. And so maybe some of my partly's I would have just said no. Yeah. Had you not the been first, so tired, pre nap, pre nap, it would have been. That. <laughs> so I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and take it again when I'm a little bit more perky and. Um, they say okay. the best way to determine it too is if you really start studying it. Every personality type they show um, a strength. What what number you go to in strength and mm-hmm. what number you go to when you're not healthy, oh. and that kind of helps you determine it too. Like oh, that's oh I really that helps you just as much as taking the test, you know. Okay, so I have another question. Um, in the in the temperaments and the temperament tests, which decides well helps you figure out if if you tend to be more uh, melancholic or choleric or sanguine or phlegmatic. Um, they say that the um, the the not the best person, but the one that most um, closely. I'm sorry, can y'all hear that? That's my printer that just started. I think <laughs> I was like, my kid. Music. <laughs> I was like, oh, there's little music. I was like, oh, dad. Multi- are you a multitasker? <laughs> I think one of my kids is printing something right next to me. But it, it made me it made me jump for a second. I was like, oh, someone's talking to me. Um, so they say that if you have a good um, kind of equal breakdown of all the four temperaments, that is closest to the heart of Jesus. Because Jesus, you, you can find, in fact, there are even like exercises where you go into scripture and you say, when was Jesus melancholic? When was he even phlegmatic? And phlegmatic is, these aren't... People think that melancholic, I think, and phlegmatic, and even choleric are, like, somehow negative in a way. Um, I don't know anybody ever thinks that a sanguine is is negative, <laughs> but... <laughs> But you can go into scripture and find ways uh, or instances where Jesus was all of these things. And so they say kind of a perfect breakdown of all of those temperaments is after the heart of Jesus. Is there a similar saying or understanding of of the Enneagram? Like, is there ever, like you were saying, like, there's the woman who kind of tied it into faith. Um, is there is there an understanding of, like, if you're this, you're more like Jesus? Or is Jesus a good representation of all of these things? I mean, he's the Probably perfect the person. So. Yeah, is, there's, there's, be- there's, all I know about it is there's 
strengths and weaknesses in every single personality. There's no like one that really sticks out as this like. Now they do say that the number two, <laughs> when when functioning in like health, like there's an, a negative, like an unhealthy version of a two, and there's this healthy version that they're the most like Mother Teresa ish. Oh yeah. Like, the helper. Just call me Mother Tracy. Mother Tracy. When they're really functioning in health and doing well and, you know. Oh, good. So I, you know, but I don't know. I'll have to, like I said, I am so at like level one of like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I have friends that know so much about it. I feel very much. Well, you know more than we do. Yeah. It, but totally. You know more than we there's do. There's a lot to read out there on it. I'll tell you that in conferences. So. <laughs> in conferences. Yeah. Always attend more conferences. <laughs> Always yeah. the conference. Well, this has been so fun. Yes, so I love fun. it. Miss Shaley. Tracy. I'm so glad we got you on here. We've I'm been saying honored. this for a year. Like, I'm like beyond honored. I love these two. We haven't been mm. doing the podcast for a year. I'm not going to lie. But we've been saying we need you. Yes. We need your your creativity and your just your wisdom and your, your story. It's so beautiful. And it's so it just, I think it fills people with hope. Yeah. I pray so. And I pray and so. and everyone needs hope mm-hmm. in this world. So thank you for joining us. Absolutely. That's my You've honor. Thanks for having me. I love you guys. Oh, we love well, we you. We love you. <laughs> Any little bit of Michelle is is the perfect little bit. I love I remember that time that you came Oh, this will be my but this will be my last little bit. <laughs> So I loved sitting one morning with you in the coffee shop in downtown Franklin. And I feel like like you are that kind of person that can just sit down with anybody and fill their cup, you know, and, and that's what I mean, that's what you did have done for us today. But you do that all the time. Well, you did the same for me that day. Aww. I walked away feeling that way. I definitely didn't feel like I did that for you, but you I'm did. glad you felt that way. Yeah. So I need more. So, so you are, so this is like, we're going to, we're going to nail it down. You are moving to Nashville. Is that right? (laughs) I need the Lord to open that up. I'm wanting to, yeah, have a restored location too in Nashville. Nashville would be where I did it. Um, I'm a dreamer by nature. So I have, I'm not going to lie to the listeners. I've, I've dreamed of maybe expanding the restored um, ministry and message to other parts of the world you know Mm -hmm. and i'd love to open up something in nashville maybe and i don't know we'll see what god has yes we will nashville is my favorite (laughs) (laughs) nashville is is the city that i love um outside of dfw so so michelle we do last little bits i don't know if you listen to our podcast regularly but if you do or if you (laughs) listen to it once you would hear you know that we do a last little bit because we can never really just stop talking okay so this could go on for hours um so michelle uh, fran just did her last little bit and i'm gonna give you a minute to think since we just kind of put you on the spot but my last little bit is i talked i think last time about the red barn bentonville the and it doesn't have to be about really anything whatever's like on your mind just shoot it so Red Barn Bentonville is that agri hood that I told you about, mm-hmm. and I thought I was really, like, progressive and, and like, forward and learn something new. Well, there's, like, 12 or 15, mm-hmm. actually, in the country. And I, I'm really interested in this concept of community and of, um, you know, farm-to-table type dining and community living and, and not – I live in Arizona and it's so beautiful and we've got this gorgeous desert, but a lot of these old citrus farms and cattle ranches and horse ranches are just being like bought and, you know, 12 houses being put on them and it's, and I'm seeing it. And so it's really just 
kind of getting to me. And um, so I'm, I've just been doing like research in, in these agri hoods because I think it's such a cool concept. I'm kind of a dreamer too, if you didn't know that. I love it. And um, there's one in Chandler, Arizona that I know, <gasps> Gilbert, Arizona, that I'm going to yeah. check out this weekend. But it has been there since 2000, so it's not really that new. Um, but it is super, super cool. So look up your agri hoods and see if there's one in your state and, and tell us what you think about them. Because I think that could be a really cool just kind of Christian community where we mm-hmm. learn to live with each other in community and and work off the land and, and you know, share our resources better. Um, but anyways, I'm going to check out Agritopia, which is the name Agritopia. of the community. <laughs> okay, I love it. All right. Take so pictures. I want to see it. I will. Yeah. Okay. I will. It's it's From what I saw online, it's, it's awesome. All right. Well, I'm not as cool as these two. <laughs> Untrue, I have no idea what to say. I feel like I've talked your heads off. Oh, whatever. Um, so my last little bit is that I have a flight to catch. In, <laughs> when is it? In an hour? <gasps> no. I have to leave in like okay, a bit, like an hour. Yes. But, um, but yeah. Your last little bit is that you just have a little bit. And check out, I was going to tell the people to check out um, at your Enneagram coach on Instagram mm-hmm. if they want to learn more about the Enneagram and like she's just such a great like I said just the way she mixes faith and the Enneagram I just out of everyone I've heard I really love her approach well and um, I'm gonna have one more last little bit because that's how we roll a house God is building is her hashtag so and we'll put that in our show notes but she's if you want to just follow her story and follow yeah. her on Instagram she's are you Michelle Mitchell or um, M. Mitchell actually or? on Instagram that's where I post a lot of the photojournalism projects and my heart and stuff and that's just at Michelle so it's at M-E-S-H-A-L-I and the house project has been under um, the hashtag a house God is building and All right. um, so yeah, yeah you can find me there so you'll be inspired if you if you follow her. And we'll put it in our show notes so that uh, you can make sure you check her out. Love it. Filled my cup oh. again, Michelle. Love it. Oh, I love you, friend. <laughs> Talk Franny. to you girls later. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We're going to end it there. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today on Bellator Colloquium. Please look for Bellator Society on everything social, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And if you like what we're doing here on this podcast, we would love for you to share that with us. Rate us on iTunes to help us get the word out and share, share, share. We cannot wait to chat next time right here on Bellator Colloquium, the conversation for online warriors for the true, good, and beautiful.